life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Here's Alexia. Thank you, Gord, for that introduction. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Things Worth Considering. We are a weekly talk show host to share ideas out there that may be something that you agree with or not, and also to make our lives a little smoother, kinder, and gentler. So tonight, we have a bit of a change. I have the privilege of interviewing Gord Riddell, the host of this show. It is the 100th show episode uh, that is not including repeats, and I'm going to introduce you soon, Gord, but welcome to your show. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) This is So, so weird for me. Yeah. I bet it is. It's weird for me, too. So um, Yay, that's what COVID's all about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's really important. So, so, you know, for everyone that's listening out there, a lot of people don't know Gord's background and how Gord is the person who is the co-founder of the Transformation Arts College, but just a little bit about this exceptional human being. And uh, wow. Gord is the a registered psychotherapist. He's also the president and co-founder of the Transformational Arts College. And he just recently became the president of the Canadian Humanistic and Transpersonal Association. He also teaches at the Transformational Arts College and busy, busy man. So I'll just give you a, a you know a, a sort of heads up here as well, and you can also phone in anyone who would like to phone in. We are live. You can phone toll free at one triple eight three four six nine one four one. So a little bit about Gord. As I mentioned, this is the hundredth show as the host of Things Worth Considering, and what's amazing is that more than thirty thousand people have tuned into the show in twenty twenty, and. Some people ask, who is Gord? We know they kind of know a little bit, but I, as I said, we'll be interviewing him. 33 years ago, Gord started the largest school in Canada. 1988 was when he co-founded the Transformation Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. And he became and is dedicated to spiritual education, inclusive of anyone's religious background. Even before opening the college, Gord was fascinated by the spiritual elements of this world, and as a highly empathetic young man, he was often told he was too sensitive and toughen up. He was always helping others. That must have been rough, you know? It was. It was. I bet it was. So, fortunately, Gord had a grandmother who was a medium, a spiritualist pastor who took him under her wing and helped him develop his own awareness, which is, I can't wait to hear about. And... (laughs) Uh, also, Gord is a storyteller, and those of you who have listened or know Gord, he does have an irreverent sense of humor and still a very rebellious streak, which is wonderful. Uh, and when asked why, against the odds, he started this school back in 1988. Now, this was way before spirituality became trendy, in my opinion. And he replies, because they said I couldn't. Wow. Gord. <laughs> so, so one of my favorite sayings. Yeah. So, like, let's start with you. Talk about your background and this this aspect of uh, your awareness. 
Um, uh, you know, for, for an introvert, this is really hard. Um, it's much, <laughs> it's, it's much easier to be on the other side of this. Uh, so, um, I really was always fascinated by, by like churches and religion and synagogues and, and the ritual, you know, that went on in ceremonies and stuff like that. So, you know, I, uh, my grandmother, yes, she had a church, but we didn't always live nearby, so I couldn't always go there. So we usually went to whatever church was closest, um, which just gave me this great experience of different people in different places and different things, you know. Um, I think I was, in, I don't know, I was... I was so young and I want, I'm like, can I join your church? And they're like, well, you kind of are a little young. And I said, no, I'm not. Um, how, old were, how, how old were you? Would have I'm been trying to think I was maybe eight or nine, you know, wow. um, you know, it, it was, I was quite young, but it was a local church that uh, went to regularly. And, and uh, you know, the, the man was very kind and so on. I would actually run into him years later as head of the cathedral here in Toronto at that point, the uh, United Church Cathedral, actually metropolitan. So okay. and he remembered, me I, I was like oh my god it's the old guy <laughs> and he was still there he's passed so, away now so I can say well that. <laughs> so so in terms of your your uh fascination with ritual and yeah. in terms of the church what was it do you did you feel a resonance as a little boy I felt a huge resonance you know I just I kind of um I like the feeling that it gave me which today I would probably say was resonance um yeah, maybe it just made me feel comfortable, comforted. Um, it was, um, a, I don't know, it was always a place. I mean, you could go in and the place would be full, but yeah, somehow or other you fit it in. You know, it had like this real sense of community. And when I went to my grandmother's church, then it was, you know, I mean, everybody was like, it's just so wonderful and, and, and embracing and encompassing of me. You know, it was great. So your grandmother, now she was from Scotland, is that correct? She was from Scotland, yes. Lovely Scottish lady. Yes. And, uh, you know, she would get, she got me, I can remember a story of, of getting up. She wanted me to read and I'm, I'm only like eight or nine. I can barely read even now. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I was supposed to do something because it was about healing. My grandmother was very uh, involved in, in the healing. And um, it was about when Jesus was amongst the lepers, you know, and, and uh, he went in. And so I, I said, and Jesus healed the leopards. <laughs> leopards uh, and everybody laughed and I was like what the hell is this um and it was very disconcerting <laughs> uh, obviously I still have it in my head right um but yes I would help her around the church uh, when I was there my my uh, grand my step-grandfather actually um because my real grandfather died when my mom was just about 13 or 14 um so I didn't know him it was about only about nine years before I was born actually but um the uh yeah my mom was young when she had me the um uh this this you know gentleman i mean he was always you know monday to sunday didn't matter he was always in a shirt and tie he was always impeccably dressed and he was like the host so he was we just had you just froze for a second gourd so i'm just gonna go back to you said there was this host but your grandmother was a medium and a spiritual pastor and was this in a like a small town in ontario was it No, this was in Toronto. Oh, it was? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. She had one of the largest ones here in Toronto. Okay. Um, And and so it was um, definitely um, had a lot of people that went there. And it was there was a lot of a lot of of, of Brits, a lot of Scottish Mm -hmm. uh, people there. There there was a formality there. You know, she was always Reverend uh, McLennan. And uh, uh, except for my grandfather, of course, he called her Bessie. 
Um, but because uh, her name was Elizabeth. Um, uh, but the, yeah, they were always very formal. It was Mrs. So and So and Mr. So and So, and 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 it was an interesting experience. I loved it. I'm so grateful for it. You know. Well, I, mean, I think it's it's fascinating. And you you had said to me, you know, before when we've had conversations that your grandmother really included you and also demonstrated it in in terms of showing you also but hands-on healing and oh yeah 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 can you can you when i was young and i got a headache when when i was young and got a headache i I forget aspirin i would be like i want my nanny and nanny would put her hands on my head and boom it was gone it was she was really really powerful that way so when i was about uh, um, every saturday and sunday afternoon they always had healing circles which i have replicated when we are allowed in the same room, Um, hopefully again. I've replicated with my Friday night uh, compassion circle with the laying on of hands. So I I went there and and I was like eight or nine and she would be like, come and stand with me. And she would stand around me and then me put my hands on the person's shoulders. And then she she taught me how to pull in that energy, you know? Mm -hmm. So she'd be working it through me in order to work it through to the person sitting there, you know, until I learned how to control it myself. That's you know, amazing. The big thing was not can, taking someone else's. Big thing was not taking on someone else's energy. Absolutely, I was going to mention that because as such a young boy, and in, even mm-hmm. anyone, but even at such a young age, to learn that sort of very fine nuance of recognition of discerning whose energy is whose, and oh, and yeah. how to work with the universal energy. But as a little boy, then what happened when you'd go to school? I'm very curious about that. How how was school for you? Oh, I hated it. Um, it was just really funny that I would end up being, you know, being in education. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a different kind of education. Yeah. But it's still, um, uh, you know, there's just a part of me that just, you know, knew that I didn't kind of fit fit in in the same way. You know, I didn't really want to knock people down with hockey sticks and stuff like that. I skated, but I wasn't really interested in, you know hurting people or, you know, that sort of that typical male thing, you know, mm-hmm. that male uh, mm-hmm. testosterone is a little bit out of control for a while in our lives. Um, yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I, did, I never felt like I really fit in. I had lots of friends. Um, I had lots of girlfriends. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mean like romantic. I just mean like right. girlfriends, friends yeah. that were girls, you know, uh, all through, uh, all, all through like public school and, and on into, you know, middle and upper school, you know, it was always like and, that. And would you talk about any of this with your friends? Never. No, 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 no. It was actually, now that you bring that up, I hadn't really thought about it, but no, that was a secret. Yeah. That was like my family secret, you know? Okay. Um, and, and, and it was in some ways, it, it was a secret because what's really funny is, is that, you know, um, when, when they moved at one point, they were out in the country, um, and I remember uh, I went up there, I guess I was in university. So, because I went to university quite young, I was about 17. But um, it was like Saturday night, I was like, what do you do? And I, I, my grandmother's like, let's have a seance. And I was like, yeah, that's okay, am- you know? unbelievable. Yeah, like, how do you talk about that? You know, so last night we were doing a seance at my house, and, you know, and my, but my grandmother was very powerful. Um, you know, like anybody growing up with anything, you know, like a, say a mother who's a singer and you're like, oh yeah, there's my mother singing again, you know, big deal. Cause you get used to it, you know? So mm-hmm. I got used to it, being given messages all the time by my grandmother and, 
And so, and, and how did your parents respond to this? Because they, this was your grandmother on your mother's side or your father's side? This is my mother's mother. My, okay. mo- my father's mother actually lived with us for 14 years after my grandfather died. My grandfather and my paternal father, uh, grandfather, he died when I was uh, in grade four and I was 10 years old. And uh, he, was, he was kind of had a nasty streak. You know, he used to take my brother and I, before my youngest brother arrived, uh, uh, away fishing. And if we taught, and he'd get us up at like, it was still dark in the summertime to go on the boat. And, and he'd like box my ears if oh. I spoke, you know? Oh, he just wow. like, boom, you know? And, and just like, you don't talk, you'll scare the fish, you know? And I have to pee here. You'd be handed an old can, you know, some sort. And it's like, Anyways, God love him. Uh, my grandmother was a very, uh, very prim and proper little English, upper English lady who dressed every night at four o'clock. Like she would go into her room and she would appear in her from uh, her jewelry to her dress, her hair, her makeup. And she would say to my mother, you're not going to dress for your husband. And, and of course, my mother would be right. like, break through the roof you know like, <laughs> what are you making dear mine now doesn't look like that um, oh boy oh yeah and then we went on for like 14 years my mother'd be like i'm gonna kill her he's gonna kill her yeah. <laughs> so was, i'm curious kind of if this was also with your brother as you mentioned uh, your your parents were aware that your grandmother had this had this church oh absolutely, absolutely. and and my were they supportive were they you know they they were um they certainly came to lots of stuff that i did um, and when they were alive, unfortunately, both of them have passed away already. Um, mm. I'm much too young, I know, to be an orphan, but I am. Uh, um, but my mom, my mom at the end said she wishes that she had learned it. Um, she was very intuitive, very intuitive. Um, she would just get a hunch and, you know, act on it often. Um, she was really, really good with her hunches at the racetrack. Um, really, and with, and with uh, when the slot machines came out, she was winning tons of money. She wow. would just sort of walk through and just get a sense of what machine to go for, and she did, and she'd like, you know, ka-ching. Uh, she was very proud of it, so I'm not telling anything out of school. It yeah. wasn't like she was out of control on this. It was right, something right. to do. Um, but you know, when I talk about my grandmother, you know, and, and getting used to getting messages like that mm-hmm. is, I was about to go away on a camping trip, and it was a spring camping trip here but it was winter up in Algonquin Park and uh it was with the scouts and I went up there and I ended up she phoned me and she said now you be very uh, in her Scottish accent her yeah. beautiful girl you know she said now you you be careful boy you know she said you're for your feet especially your feet and I'm like what and I'm like yeah yeah it's my grandmother uh, um and I ended up you know, getting into a horrible situation up there and would wind up in the hospital for months with frozen extremities, frozen feet and legs uh, and having a couple of amputations as a result of it, you know. so Wow. So like, she yeah. knew that was, she picked up something. She picked up something. It wasn't that specific, but it was enough for me to, from yeah. then on go, anything else? <laughs> I bet. I bet it was. Yeah. Yeah, so, I really, so, you know, she was just such an amazing, amazing woman. I am so blessed to have had her. And and basically, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have my career. I mean, she really, yeah. she really, you know, not just she geared, you know, moved me in that direction. It's just that it naturally flowed in that direction. Yeah, yeah that, that to me is really fascinating to know that you had this exposure at such a young age. And then to have the, um, it seems like the support that there was, that your, your parents were really okay with it. 
And, oh, totally. and I think it's, it's also interesting that you kind of knew that it wasn't something that would be easily shared or accepted by your schoolmates. You know? Yeah, people talk about supernatural. And for me, it's just natural, you know, because mm-hmm. you grow up with it. And so when they make it into something weird, it's like, you know, you don't talk about it. Right, right. In the same right. way, you know, you just kind of hold that back. Um, yeah, my mom had wished that she had, but, you know, she grew up with my grandmother gone every weekend, all day Saturday, Saturday night, there was a service, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. And so she actually had a real resentment. She didn't tell me that until the end, mm. uh, when we got a chance to really talk, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of her life. And, uh, and I, you know what, I can, I can totally, I totally get it. I totally get it. It's like, a, you know, someone who's, whose mom's a performer and they're gone every evening and you go to bed and. You know, uh, they're just absolutely. There, you know? So you just get this resentment happening. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't really, you know, understand it. It's just a sense that my my mother, or my father, my parent isn't around. It just and, isn't around. You know, they, they I, know. I'm not as important. That's right. And, uh, you know, so, so right. when we come back. Important. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so we're going to take a break shortly, and uh, you know, I don't do. I'm not as polished with your segues as you are, <laughs> and uh, we are going to talk a little bit more about your travels, and then how you became interested in spirituality, and also the vision to start TAC. So sure. we'll be back very okay. soon. I'll be here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, good evening, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Alexia Georgiusis, the co-host of Things Worth Considering, and I'm here with Gord Riddell, the host. And tonight's show, I am interviewing Gord 
about his life, about how he started the Transformational Arts College, and his spiritual background. So, Gord, uh, oh, I, me- I meant to also tell everyone, if you do want to give us a call and say hi to Gord or ask a question or make a comment, the number <laughs> is toll-free, one 346 Yes, nice comments, nice comments. So, Gord, you, when we left off, we were talking a little bit about the history with your grandmother in the church. So, you ended mm. up working in the church and then going to university. Can you tell us about that? You know, it was just, um, I had all kinds of jobs, you know, but it was just like, if I could, no matter what, I would, I would go to a church on Sunday, you know, or if there was something during the week, I would figure out a way to get there, you know. Um, the, um, uh, some of the churches would have development, you know, circles, um, you know, where you sit for, um, you know, becoming a medium. My grandmother, <laughs> though, was very insistent that it be her. So she didn't really like it when I said that oh. I went somewhere else. Um, oh, really? It was cute. Yeah. Uh, because absolutely. I did go to a couple other ones because there was, there was a couple of really good churches, um, you know, back then in Toronto. Um, they, there was a, yeah, excellent, really excellent mediums. Um, but, it, you know, it was just, it's just a process of being there and doing it. Uh, you know, when I started doing like speaking, like inspirational speaking, where you'd kind of get up and just let the spirit move you kind of thing. Um, you know, I was always prepared. I'd have everything written out. Um, yeah, spirit's not moving me at that no. point. Uh, no. And finally, one day I stood up and my grandmother grabbed the pages as I walked up to the lectern. and my grandmother grabbed the pages and she said, now do it right. Hmm. Oh, Okay. Um, and I stood there and went red and went, you know, and then it just began to flow. And I broke through that whole thing of having to be so prepared and overprepared that all of that just blocks that flow, you know? So I don't have, you know, I don't have that angst of walking into a a classroom. I mean, I need to know my subject area, let's Mm -hmm. face it, I'm teaching, but I also am not going to have copious notes of little tiny, you know, everything down and, you know, all that books and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I've hopefully I've read what I need to read, you know. Well, and it, it's, it's amazing. I'm kind of blown away that these, these churches existed where there were mediums and, and did, were they, they called, were they called mediums? I didn't, I actually didn't They're know called that. mediums. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, they really differentiate. There's a real difference between a spiritualist uh, medium and a psychic. You know, psychics sort of read the energy, but the psychic medium or the spiritual medium is really evidential. And that is to be able to prove that life continues on after the physical existence. Right. Um, and that would be to bring people through and, and you know, uh, hopefully bring them to the right person. And uh, that the person could go, oh, my God, you know, that's yeah. so-and-so, you know. And, yeah. and hopefully uh, with enough experience, you would know, you'd be able to get their name and maybe where they're from and, and so on. Um, at the very beginning, I used to, one of my friends who was a, a medium, um, he used to come to, to Transformational Arts and we used to do like an open gallery uh, readings. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Linda a couple of times said, you should do it again, you should do it again. Uh, but of course, COVID's kind of killed everything at the moment, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's, an, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's just to, you know, open yourself up, trust, and don't worry about what people think. That's just crap. That'll stop you every time. Um, and just let yourself 
be guided and see where it goes and, you know, and, and, and take the risk. And that's the only way that one can become a medium is you've got to take the risk of hearing, no, I don't know what you're talking about, you know, and continuing to question what are you getting, but not questioning the person because right. that's just a way right. of getting information. You know, right, right. So, uh, oh, what do you what do you been six foot? What do you have worn red? And if you're, right. you're getting yes, 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 well, you're actually being part of, told part of the story. Uh-huh. You know, your your job as a medium is to is to actually present the story. Okay, that's okay. evidential. Then they can go, oh my god, that was my mom, that was my dad, and that was my sister, whatever. You know? Yeah, and, and very healing. Like we've had, you know, people on the show where this you see the how how important this is around healing in in this physical life time. Oh, it is, it is. I mean, it's it can be an amazing movement for people who are in the grieving process. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they really do go hand in hand, right? Quite nicely. You know, yeah. it's not, it's not about, uh, you know, where's my, where's my, uh, where's my car keys or something, you know, no, like that. It really can be very profoundly healing. You know, sometimes it's about being able to say something that you never said before or to hear something you wish you had always heard when they yeah. were in the, in the yeah. physical. Absolutely. And that's very, very profound, you know, definitely. I mean, I've had a lot of deaths in my family in my life, I mean, uh, with family and friends. And, you know, I mean, even just in the last couple of months, I had two friends die um, mm, of, sense. you know, yeah. natural. In other words, they didn't die from COVID, but they, right. they died. But they've been friends of mine for like 40 years, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of a little unnerving a little bit. Like, oh, God, is my number coming around here? You know, uh, but... You know, as a result of losing some people that were really, really close to me, um, I just have a real interest in in working with you know people who are at the end of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, that's that, a big part of because because let's go let's go to you went to university and yeah. uh, you studied theater and religious theater. studies and theater. you traveled a lot and you also became an ordained pastor. Is that the uh, minister? Minister, yeah. minister, which is a pastor, a pastor is like a role. The pastor is kind of the head honcho. Okay. okay. Be, so, so there can be like a pastor, an assistant pastor. Right. Is, so was your intention to continue on with uh, being the following what your grandmother did? Because I'm curious as to what shifted when you said, okay, I'm going to look at starting a school. Yeah. Um, okay. So I was with um, uh, not, not her church. I was with another church Um and uh, it was actually her church, the extension of her church after she was there. Although she was one of the people who actually ordained me. And mm. I have pictures of her mm. uh, during the ceremony that someone took. Amazing. Her, you know, her and another pastor with their hands on my head and, and so on. Very profound experience. Profound, I bet. Profound I experience. bet. And, and um, the, uh, the place was packed. I remember that. The church was just, you know, there are hundreds of people. It was just totally packed. And uh, the, um, uh, so the outcome of that was then I was offered then a pastorship. I was an assistant and I didn't like this one guy who was on our board of directors because he was like infringing and putting everybody, his, his morals on everybody else, which is not what spiritualism is about. So um, my, um, uh, I was offered this other one out in Oshawa and I took it. Hmm. So um, I was out there for quite a while. In fact, one of my students now, in fact, she has been on the show. She's an author, Martez. Um, and she actually was like 17 years old. And she took one of my courses or classes out there. 
And so when she was, she walked in it now a couple of years ago and it's like, you know, do you remember me? And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> you know? And she's like, I was 17. I sat in your class. You know? Wow. And, and I mean, just, wow. I mean, that's just such a lovely support. You know? Absolutely. So, now, I mean, she's only 18 now, but. No right. Kidding. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that you, was lovely. So I was out there. I was uh, working as a chaplain at uh, Oshawa General. As, a, as an extension of the, the church. Um, it was, uh, again, you know, it gets into the whole thing of boards of directors. And, you know, I find with so many boards, it's like, it's politics. And yeah. people start out believing in the disease or believing in the religion or spiritual right. that they, they get on the board, but then it becomes a power struggle. And I yeah. was like, I'm not playing this crap. Nor will I be told what I can and can't do. You know, just if I wanted that, I'd be working at Vatican City, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, you know, it was not, it just wasn't working there for me. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very uh, interesting how that, the- how that structure that kind of suddenly clouds what spirituality is really totally. all about. It was getting lost. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, was, so then what happened behind the scenes? So then what happened? They, there was also an associated school with them. And I was um, asked then to take over the school, which I did. But my, my vision was really big. There wasn't. So we had a big, huge falling out. And I left and I had just gotten out of a relationship. So I decided I'm leaving everything. I moved to Vancouver. Okay. Geographic here. So wherever you go, there I am. Um, I showed up eventually. Uh, so did the rain. I didn't like that very much. Um, and, and I know that you also had a similar experience of, of uh, moving out there in the rain yeah. kind of getting to you. Yeah. The gray um, gets to you after a while, for sure. Oh, yeah. It can only be, you know. It sits on your just sits on your shoulders as feels. So, anyways, I ended up um, uh, helping a friend out there get a, a, a center going, a spiritual center. I would meet uh, one teacher who I brought back, you know, to teach uh, um, twice a year. Uh, Joanna, um, she has her own health crisis right now, but she's okay, you know, and, and uh, we miss her enormously. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, so we have her, but I mean, I, that's where I met her. That was just so so fantastic, you know. Right. Um, but it was still like, no, nah, I need to go back. I needed to do something in Toronto. And so someone who had been involved with um, uh, the board also at the, the uh, Spiritual Science Institute, she, uh, uh, we stayed in touch and her and I then started the, started the uh, uh, Transformational Arts uh, College. Yeah. That is so amazing. And, you know, yeah. your, your background of, you know, having a vision. So there was a sense that you wanted to create something that was really supporting this deepening of awareness in people that, you know, I guess wasn't, wasn't in existence. It really didn't, you know, people, people were just like not talking about stuff like mm-hmm. this. It was like, and if they did, it was really almost like a hush hush thing. You know, it was like, it was like, you know, admitting you did drugs. It was not, yeah, it just wasn't mainstream. There wasn't all these books or anything like there is now. I think, I think this is when Shirley MacLaine kind of went out on a limb. Uh, uh, no pun intended. That was oh, yeah, yeah. Book. <laughs> first book out on a limb. Oh, uh, was it? Was it yes, the name of the first, first book? Yeah. Oh, uh, I remember which, that now. Yes, that was, yeah, that yeah. was. 
So, yes, it was almost like, oh, it's a little, you know, the new age and it's kind of culty and, you know, it's yeah. just weird. Um, when, so- I was, when I was in nine and when I was out there, 1986 was was uh, that summer was the harmonic. I call it the, the moronic, the harmonic convergence. And that was supposed to be the uh, the beginning, the opening uh, astrologically of the age of Aquarius. Really? I didn't that know that. That was huge out there. That was huge out there. Yeah. Actually, if you look up, uh, if you Google harmonic conversion, uh, convergence, hmm. um, there's actually something in there about it. I don't fully remember. I just remember going and taking part in it because I didn't know what else to do. Uh, and my friend invited me to go. Um, but yeah, it was it was really big. It was, it was supposedly the start of the age of Aquarius, which it was going to take like another hundred years to arrive, apparently. But right. Um, yeah, you know, the, the thing with spirituality was it was really big in Vancouver, but mm-hmm. um, so many people offered free things that it was, it was very hard to charge for anything because mm-hmm. they could go down the street and get it for free, you know, free demonstration, yeah. but it wasn't yeah. going deep, you know, uh, you know, like my grandmother, I mean, uh, I sat in a class with her for every Friday night, my friend and I, and, and these other people, and you know, to train as, you know, as mediums. She had one man who sat for 20 years before media, before spirit finally came through to him. And he went on to become one of the, one of the best known uh, mediums, Vince. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 So, so just jumping back a little bit, you also studied acting and tap dance. Oh yeah, oh, that's when I was really young. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> that's a funny story. Actually, yeah, that's when I knew I was had a bit of an attitude. Was uh, uh, this teacher was yelling at me, um, and we were, we were getting ready to do a show for for Christmas or something, and she said, "You know, I'm not going to be here when you're performing." And I'm like, "What?" What she meant was, now I understand as a grown up that she wasn't going to be at the front in front of the mirrors. Right. What I heard was, I'm leaving. (laughs) So I went home and quit. I said, what do you mean you quit? I said, if a teacher can't show up, why would I show up? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I went back. I went back for a while. Um, But yeah, uh, there's an absolute correlation. I mean, theater grows out of religion. It grows out of spirituality. You know, if you look- Interesting. if you look back to, to the Temple of Dionysus mm-hmm. um, yes. and the Festival of Dionysus was this incredible ritual that became theater. So oh, that's fascinating. Early, yeah. early Greek theater, I mean, the chorus in Greek theater yes. is, you know, that's the choir at the church, you know, and the person speaks and the choir responds and so does the chorus in a Greek play, you know, um, there, there's an absolute, absolute growth of, of uh, this coming out of theater. So, and you see theater, you know, in a different way and especially what theater is capable of doing and teaching and, and involving people, you know, so some of the big spectacles that have come up, you know, spectacle performances lately, uh, those are, those just bring people in and they just grab you and they hold on to you until the very end, you know, um, uh, 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 the one that I, I think of the, of the French, uh, you know, yeah, it's only so famous. I can't remember it. Um, a big one by Lloyd Wright um, about the French revolution, 
Oh, and, the uh, you know, Les Mis? Les Mis, yeah. Les Mis, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that just, that was just huge. It just grabbed you, the music grabbed you, and it just pulled you in. And, you know, a really good church service can do the same thing spiritually, you know, that you just become. I, I, I believe that. that mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's what ritual is capable of. Mm-hmm. And, and, and humans have been doing ritual for years. And I mean, since we came onto the planet, yeah. uh, we do some sort of ritual. And in fact, there's areas where we need more ritual. You know, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, celebration of, of things. You know, like there's no, we don't have, we don't have ritual around divorce. No. Yet it's so important. You know, to have some semblance of if you got married in a church, you should be able to leave it in a church. You mm. know, uh, what we have, it's a, mm. it's really a problem in our uh, culture is is a rite of passage for men. Uh, young boys don't have any sort of rite of passage yet. Yet so many other cultures do. And uh, British. Yeah, and I don't think many girls have rite of passages either. I, I, I don't. Their rite of passage is their bodies. You know, I think well, with a menstrual. Yeah, true to some extent, but for some for some girls, it's just a sense of no, just you know, ignore it and move on. But yeah, here's on the that note, yeah, you know, on that note, we're going to take a break, and uh, we will be back with Gord Riddell, and uh, we will be talking about the Transformation Arts College, and more about Gord. (laughs) Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I'm here with Gord Riddell, the host of the Things Worth Considering show. And if you'd like to call us, please do at one 346 9141 And prior to the break, we were just talking a little bit about the lack of ritual for some things and how important this is in our society. And I think with this pandemic, Gord, that 
it also is showing how we have no other tools in terms of how to deal with being destabilized and how we can, you know, we, we don't know how to use ritual or things to help us connect back to our bodies, help us connect to the environment so that it calms the mind, that racing mind. And would you agree with that? Oh, I agree completely. I think that, you know, one of the big things, though, is having what feels like control taken away from you. That's, uh, you know, people, people are really experiencing that. And so some people are fighting it. You know, and they're having these anti-mask, you know, demonstrations and, and whatever. Um, and then there are those that are willing to just give it up. And they, they're, they're, they're experiencing depression, um, you know, or they're gaining weight, the little COVID belly, um, as we like to call it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, well, they said I couldn't go out. If they said, they said, it's like, listen, you know, we need to take control of what we can control ourselves. Yeah. You can control what you eat. You control you know you can go out for a walk you know mm-hmm. uh, you, you can do it well i need to have a reason to go for a walk get a dog then you know there's right. tons of animals needing to be rescued you know? yeah and, you know, well, so, no and I, you're right i mean you know i'm not asking people to to you know have to learn meditation or whatever it would help but you know i think that just um getting that mindfulness of being aware of just we're still here we're still in our body a life is going on. It's just going on differently right now. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, <laughs> yeah, this 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 aspect of awareness of this spiritual part of us or the spirituality mm. around us, the consciousness, whatever you want to use in terms of terms, and and I think this is where people are struggling around meditation and using it as a as a sort of something that's a bit of a band aid. And I think that piece around learning to deepen is so important, which is to me, whenever I, when I looked at the Transformational Arts College in terms of what the vision and intention was, and, you know, can you share a little bit about that? Because basically you've, you know, the vision is based is to really help people to be deepen in them in themselves and be open to all these other aspects so that other aspects, other people, other cultures, you know, other experiences. It was also about taking the woo out of woo woo. Love that. <laughs> Love that. You know, I Absolutely. mean, it was like to normalize the understanding of energy, you know, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, like all of those kinds of things of understanding that we are energy. We are completely yeah. energy and how that energy works and doesn't work. And, you know, what you can and can't do with it. Uh, uh, understanding that, Every single person here is going to die. Yeah. There has never been a per- human being that hasn't died, you know? Right. And yet we that is our biggest denial because I think that it is our biggest shame. Mm-hmm. If you die, mm-hmm. interesting. Then you failed. Especially when it comes to healing. That is really really fascinating especially with people who work in this field around yeah you know, whether it's therapy or coaches or whatever it is that naturopaths, it doesn't matter anyone that's in the professions because there is a sense of forgetting to be human. But so you're, you're basically what you're saying is that the, that awareness of mortality and that relationship that we have with death, but also the relationship we have with consciousness, because that is incredibly empowering in my opinion. 
It, it is very much so. But I think that, that we need to also be able to, to uh, you know, grasp the impermanence. You know, I mean, you know, I have stuff that I like, you know, you can see my all my Star Wars toys there on display, the big ones, you know, kind of thing and, and everything. But guess what? You know, if I'm out of here tonight, someone else gets everything, you know, yeah. you can't take it. So, you, you know, that that means that at some point we need to learn what that separation and detachment is. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I'm not that I'm not saying shut down your emotions at all love but in a detached way you know in other words that if if something horrible would happen and there was a horrible fire would that be the end of my world for some people it would be yeah you know oh my god that's all my stuff my stuff you know george carlin does this great routine on stuff our stuff and we put it in boxes and we move it to the next location and we unpack our stuff you know and then we go that's my stuff you know, yeah. I had that I had that experience years ago. I moved out of a house, a big one, and I got rid of everything, except I took took a whole bunch of stuff and I put it in storage and I moved to a friend's condo because I'd never lived in an apartment before. And it was downtown. I'd never lived downtown before. And uh, so that was a try it all out. And uh, uh, after after what was one year turned into five, I got a house and I called and said, bring my stuff. And so they brought my stuff and I started going through it. And I went, really? This is what was important. This is what I just spent hundreds of dollars a month or a couple hundred dollars yeah. a month to store for five years. Most of it was like, here, take it. I don't want it. You know, it, it just was, I was so uh, detached from it. It, mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yet it was so important back then, you know, when I was moving or, or whatever. So I guess it was a little bit of an evolution in that five years of living downtown, but well, and and with with this uh, awareness of of identity, almost it's almost a sense of wait a minute, I'm not this stuff. And I know you've spoken before in previous shows about some of the exercises that you have you teach and that the faculty teach in uh, some of the TAC programs. And you know, for you, how does TAC stand out in terms of other schools? I don't think there is anything like it. You know, not that gives you. You know, a, a sense of, of you know, both your emotional, not just both, your all of the components, your emotional, your spiritual, your consciousness, like all of those things are are different, and they interact differently. They move through one another. Uh, you can go and you can you can study philosophy, and you can get great understanding intellectually, mm-hmm. and still have a wounded heart, you know, or a wounded gut, you know, uh, and I, I mean that emotionally. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, or but it, it affects the physical. I mean, I see it in practice, right? And we've talked about that, that the emotions absolutely affect the physical. So yeah. what I really love also with your mission with TAC is that with the students, you're, you're basically saying go inward to heal. And, and that is so important to me when anyone is working in this kind of field. It's for everybody, but, but how do we go in to heal ourselves as much as possible? Well, most, I think a lot of us hand our, the responsibility for our health to, to doctors. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, you know, this is only going to last, or, you know, you've got a few weeks, you know, or other people, you know, 20 years later, they're still here. Uh, and other people will go, oh, I have this. And this is what I read. Boom. And they're dead. You know, I'm not saying, I mean, I teach a whole course in this, which is coming up actually in a couple of weeks. And, and it's a very passionate area of mine. But again, it comes back to we have to accept 
our mort- you know, our mortality and the impermanence of everything, our children, our spouse, we're going to say goodbye at some point to all of them. But it doesn't have to be such an unconscious, horrific experience if we understand at a very deep level that everyone will go through this. You know, I really, I have a very strong belief that something is beyond here. Um, obviously, I've had an ex- mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I think that one of the most powerful things that we can do is learn how to be with someone at, in the end of life. Um, and that's and that's one of the areas, you know, I was really, really um, drawn into this when the AIDS crisis arrived and I watched people my age dying. I mean, I, you know, I've been, you know, doing counseling and therapy for years, and years and years between the church and and uh, being a psychotherapist. Psychotherapists, I think you asked the question, like, how long? Well, it's only been five years since since it became a regulated profession. So, um, I, oh, wow. I, I actually wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been I've been around a lot longer than that, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I've only been for five years. Um, so it was proclaimed in nineteen or in twenty fifteen. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so coming into six, but um, you know the the program that I have going, um, I've been really lucky to now tie it into a hospice. So that people aren't going to just talk about it and experience about end of life and all, all that's required with end of life, um, but also be able to go in and, and put it to work. And, that's and, fantastic. Fantastic. It's totally fantastic. And it also will open them up to having access to the government required course also. So they'll have between my course and the government course, they'll have yeah. 60 hours of, wow. of training plus then a practicum guaranteed job. You know, I mean, yep. the the woman who's, who's the executive director of the hospice we'll be working with, she said that's just a guarantee. You know, she said this is excellent. It's, it's the one thing that they were the most efficient in is actually providing practicum work. You know, that is uh, just incredible. What a great opportunity, and it's so timely. Because I know that what I'm seeing in practice too is people are, they're getting sort of, a, a, you know, awakening around, like I might die. They Oi, haven't thought Oi. about it. They're like, wow, I, I might die. And yeah. on that note, we have yeah. uh, Linda on hold. Oh. Linda, hi. Hi. I have a question that kind of goes back to the life of um, growing up uh, spiritually in terms of connecting with spirituality as a child, since childhood. And I'm wondering if, Gord, you could comment on how, how do you see spirituality evolving post-COVID after it's over? Great question. Yeah, that's a, a really good one. I, because I see, I see this is what's happening is actually very spiritual. You know, from the moment of that, uh, you know, uh, 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 harmonic convergence when it was about, you know, our, our, our oneness, our, our, you know, coming together. I think that we have an opportunity to move past our own belly button gazing. I think a lot of that's been going on. It has become so me. It has become very entitled, you know, well, just because it's me, I get to do this or I should have this or whatever. And, and that's always sat very badly with me. Um, When I can see there's people down, down below where I live that are, are homeless right now, you know, or they're hungry tonight, you know, Mm um, and, and those kinds of things. So I think that where I see spiritually is the inclusiveness of the, 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 we really are one group of people where the barriers of 
color of equitability arrives, LTGBTQ2S plus, I'm sorry, I got that wrong, but um, that, you know, the inclusiveness that the things that we use to separate, those have to come down. That's what I see mm-hmm. happening. Wow. That's the only Thank way. You. Thanks, Linda. Thank you. Yeah, the great Thank answer, you. Gordon. I think that there's a there's so much layered in there, and this is why. In, I mean, in my opinion, I'm biased, obviously, because um, you know I I love tack and I like what you're love what you're doing, and also um, this is so important to me about what is needed and and providing tools and a place for people to connect on this level. That's the other aspect that I think what you've done with TAC is that you've created a space where people can go and talk about spirituality and awareness, but with also this sense of taking responsibility and being accountable for their own deepening. Being individually, collectively. Being individuals collectively. Right. Right. Might be a nice way to put it. Because you, know, you, you can't I mean, I really. A little minute here, you know, and I just really want to thank, you know, all the people that have really stood behind me over the years and uh, all, all the guests that have been on the show, uh, the people behind the scenes uh, from Sandra Rogers to Andrew, my sound guy, he's hiding back there right now. Uh, you know, I'm really grateful to, to uh, everyone who's made the show and, and certainly everyone who has put so much work into uh, Transpatial Arts, Luna Kushner and yeah. Rigby and Maria Galley, uh, Sebastian's there now, and me. So it's a small group uh, in terms of admin, but we're all there. So anyway, I just really want to take that opportunity to thank people. And thank you for you know, giving this idea on my 100th show. It's been 100 of really unique hours along the way. So and lots of work, Gordon. To, to feed us too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was helpful. <laughs> good, good for you. That's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's great. And I, I think it's really important that people know you as the foundation of who you are and also what this is all about. That's so great. thank you for allowing me to interview you. And next week's guest, February 4th, we have Dr. Mason Bressett, a naturopathic doctor of the Health Creation Lab in Sarnia. And he will be speaking with us about the magic of mushrooms. Magic mushrooms? Like I can get really stoned? <laughs> well, maybe, but yeah? okay. magic of mushrooms. Also medicinal aspects because okay. they're amazing. And then, Gord, you have the Compassion Circle going on as well every Friday. That started up again? Nope, every other Friday. Oh, every other Friday. Every My other apologies. Friday, the next one is on the February 5th. Okay, February 5th, you can go to the transformationalarts.ca, and also it is uh, on over Zoom. The number is 880 Three eight six rather, and the password is three one four seven zero three. And Open again, thank you, Gord. Thank uh, you so much. Thank you. That was fun. Good night, everyone. Oh my God, it's so nerve wracking. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 